and Courtney. This is Courtney. And this is Matt. Hey, Matt, what do we do? Uh, right now, we're actually doing this again. <laughs> we do But what we do, we talk about the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. Yeah. Every week, we bring a little podcast to you, something having to do with personalized learning. And sometimes, we do it so well, we practice a whole thing beforehand before we hit record. <laughs> or, it could just be a mistake by Matt. <laughs> So yeah. we, we are on our, our final episode on homework. Yes. We are going to talk about homework like throughout the season, of course, but not devote full episodes to it. That's what this series is right, for. Right, yeah. No more full episodes about homework. So we are on our third part, though, and we're really going to dig into one of these books today. Yeah, we're actually going to dig, dig into research. And what? Yeah. Okay, the book is called Rethinking Homework by Kathy Vatterot. We mentioned it last week and probably the week before that. Right. And so we're going to talk about some of the uh, some of the work in here, and Courtney has a little bit of ranting to do a little bit about some of the wording. I do. Well, it's not about this book in specific. No, it's not. It's about how research is presented to the public. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. So, um, well, first let me back up and say like the 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 idea on homework that has been sticking with me and that I've been thinking about since last week is this idea that, um, quote unquote, research shows that homework is more effective for older learners. Mm -hmm. I, heard, I heard about that in my, you know, my college days when oh, I was yeah. getting my degree and stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. this is common. Yep. Like, I, I've heard it so many places, I don't even know where I could pin it down anymore. Right. Um, and at first thought, it sounds like that makes total sense. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like, sure. yeah, at first consideration, yeah, that makes sense. So no one really, there's no real reason to question that. Right. You know, it's not like they're saying, you know, uh, you have to have meatballs when you're doing your homework. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Right. Yeah, that'd be fun. Though. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Might make homework better. <laughs> it definitely would for me. <laughs> So anyway, so I was thinking about that and looking through the book, Rethinking Homework, and um, in one of the chapters, she's laying out general findings mm -hmm. of the research on homework. Um, and so specifically, finding number two, right, speaks to this, this idea. Okay. Um, and so what I was having frustration with is the word finding. Okay. Because... What it makes it seem like is that they've discovered something incredibly important. And that's not what finding means. But when, you know, the researchers, scientists, social scientists, professors, people who do research and use this language, use it to mean one thing. But then it gets presented to the public where it starts to mean something else and then there's this game of telephone and suddenly everyone says this phrase research shows that and mm -hmm. we've completely misinterpreted the results okay right okay so let's talk about the results here specifically okay. finding two homework appears to be more effective for older students than for younger students and it goes on to talk about how homework appears to be positively correlated with achievement uh, but the effect varies dramatically. And then it gives you some statistics. And I'm right. going to hand it over to Matt now to talk about the statistics. Okay. But I do actually want to clarify what this actually means, right? This correlation, positive correlation between homework and achievement. Okay. So it doesn't mean that if you do homework, it will cause 
your achievement to rise. Correct. Correlation does not imply causation. Thank you. Yes. What it does mean is that homework has something to do with achievement. Right. But what exactly? That's not what the study is explaining. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So let's get into talking yeah, about yeah, what yeah. it does talk about a little bit. Okay. So it does talk about grades 3 to 5, the correlation is nearly zero. Yep. In grades 6 to 9, the correlation is 0.07. Yep. In grades 10 to 12, the correlation is 0.25. Hey. All right. Okay. So that, those sound like big numbers, right? It's gone from well, zero yeah. up to 0.25. Yeah, 25%, right? Right. So clearly 25% of the achievement increase is due to homework, right? No. What? Oh, no. I know what it means. It means that my achievement is going to raise 25% because of homework. No. What? None of that is correct. Hmm. And Matt, you helped explain this to me earlier because in our, I in like... In our first pod. In our first pod version <laughs> of this. Because I, like many people, I have a basic understanding of math. I went to college, but I am not a statistician. I don't understand how statistical analyses of research works. Right. Um, I did at one point to pass a class, sure. but, but after that, I don't use it frequently. Yep, exactly. So it goes away. So I see 0.25 and automatically, oh, 25%. That's not what it means. It's not what that means at all. Yeah. What does it mean? Okay. So what it, what it does mean when you have a correlation, if you have a, if you have a 1.00 correlation, that's perfect correlation. One thing is directly correlated with the others. Okay. As A goes up, B goes up. Yes. Okay. So if you have a zero, there's no correlation. So the A's and B's don't have anything to do with each other. There's no, there's no relationship between the two in any way, shape, or form. Right. And that's what this says from like grades three to five, the correlation is nearly zero. Yeah. Homework and achievement have nothing to nothing do with, to do with each, each other. other. Okay. So that's, that's one thing. So as it gets up to 0.25... There's something that, that we do in, in stats called, it, it's an R-squared number. So you take that correlation, which is your R, and you just square it. So 0.25 becomes 0.125, and that becomes 12.5%. And what that means is 12.5% of the relationship between uh, achievement, uh, excuse me, the 12.5% uh, of the increase in achievement is due to homework. All right, 12.5% of that, which means 88% of that has to do with other things. Yes. All right, it wait, could so be stop anything. and let's say it again, right? So it's okay. not that achievement raises by 12.5% by doing homework. Right. It is that... 12.5% of the... Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah. The wording, the wording is tricky, right? It is. Which is why this is yeah. more of a complex concept. Right. Okay, so 12.5% of the rise in achievement... Has something to do with homework. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not the other things. And that's, that is why you can't directly take homework causes it to rise. Right. A, correlation has nothing to do with the causation. We talked about that one. Right. But there is a lot of different factors, some of which we'll get to in a minute. Right. That have nothing to do with, yeah. with homework. Right. That also affect a student achievement. Yes. Whatever it may be. Right. Okay. And we're going to talk about those in a few minutes. But so correlation is a big thing that's misinterpreted. Oh, yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, it's not no. something that's, that, that Have makes sense. Have you seen but... those? It's some of my favorite, uh, like, posts and memes on, on Facebook and things. There's, uh, you know, people who just make correlation charts between, like, shark bites and ice cream sales. Like, Absolutely. things that have nothing to do with 
think of that. <laughs> like that's think of that you exactly need to right. put on. That's the lens you need to have when you're looking at this kind of data in education. That like, okay, achievement equals ice cream. Um, homework, that equals like... Uh, shark bites? Shark bites. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though. Yeah. It, but the, those charts always show that shark bites get higher when you sell more ice cream. Right, so eating ice right. cream causes shark bites. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> or does getting bit by a shark cause you to buy ice cream? I think it would cause me to buy ice cream. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, it's, so correlation doesn't really have like causes, and that's why that's why it's misinterpreted yes. a lot that people yes. miss that, and yeah. and that and it's very fair. So there, there's no blame going around. It's just a little. We're just we're just clarifying. We're just trying to clarify. If you want to use, if you want to use the research, use it use it correctly. So let's go to the next finding. Yeah, right. There's a paragraph in here that just blew my mind. Yeah, this is this good. So the finding (laughs) three. So I'll read the finding then. Okay, and I get to read the paragraph. Yes, you do. Yay. So finding three: as more variables are controlled for, the correlation between homework and achievement diminishes. Okay, Okay. so. this talks about just what we just talked about, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. We said homework yeah. was a piece of it, but there are so many other things. Right. So what these other variables that they're controlling for are those other things, right? So when you control for something, you're basically trying to take that effect out of it. Yeah. And, and kind of even it out so it's all the same for others. So they, they change some of the numbers, and it's, it's more technical than we're going to get into here. But what are some of those other factors in that paragraph that you want to read? Okay, so... Uh, Cool and Keith, 1991, found a positive correlation between time spent on homework and achievement. R equals positive 0.30. 0.3. Yep, that's a little higher than the 9 to 12 one we had before. Right. After controlling for motivation, ability, quality of instruction, coursework quantity, and some background variables, however, no meaningful effect of homework on achievement remained. <laughs> I love that. So you take all of those other factors out, and basically homework is, again, down to zero. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. I just, what's, what's amazing to me about that is, like, what else, what else can you list <laughs> that has to do with a little bit of everything there. Okay, so those things again were awesome. motivation, yeah. ability, quality of instruction, coursework quantity, and some background variables. <laughs> Which we don't know what those are. Yeah, we don't even know what those are. There's probably too many to list. <laughs> oh. And it, and it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. And and it does kind of explain that R squared thing. The next ones I'll just read a little bit of it. So it yeah. appears that much of the correlation between time and achievement uh, could be the result of the ability level the quality of instruction, how rigorous the course was. Right. Does homework cause higher achievement or do high achievers spend more time on homework? Are higher ability students more likely to take more challenging courses that require more homework? Right. It's chicken and egg. Yeah, it absolutely is. So it actually researchers now disagree as to whether homework enhances achievement. That's yeah. the next statement. So if we talk about the 10 minutes per grade level thing again. yeah that's another one that's, that's like that ingrained. kind of is, <laughs> and it and now it's gone yeah and nope. i i've always heard of that and and you know some things that i've mentioned on this podcast before i took like 15 years off between getting my teaching degree and actually right. teaching so when i came back to it that thing was still in force 
and I'm like, okay, well, this is this is what the research says, so this is what we're going to do. And so my sophomores were getting, well, it'd be a hundred minutes a night, right? But not realizing that the English teacher was also doing a hundred minutes a night, and the history teacher right. was doing a hundred right, minutes right, a right. night. Right, right, right. Yeah, this is. And suddenly yes. they're overwhelmed with homework, yeah. and we can't figure out why. And and we got together yeah. as a staff and tried to figure it out. And they said, well, we're doing the ten minutes a night, and it's like. Oh, suddenly these kids have like seven and seven, eight hundred uh, yeah. minutes of homework a night, right. which, you know, really, if you do some math there, that isn't quite possible right. for students to do that. And it always stuck in my mind that maybe we're doing something wrong here mm. and maybe it's combined a hundred minutes. Okay. So we'll figure that out. So we'll parcel it out. Right. So math, I'll get, I'll get 15 minutes. The English teachers get 15 minutes. Oh, man. Uh, history yeah. teachers get or, five minutes. Or we minutes. could do Monday night is English night, Tuesday night is math Tried night. that also. Yeah. <laughs> and kids were just like, what is happening what, here? What is wrong? Nothing is yeah. working. They're not going to do it. And then yeah, then we started into talking about some of the things that, that make homework okay Yeah. at that point, which gets a little uh, – it seems like it's made up sometimes. So I get I got accused of making up homework and not holding my kids to a higher standard. So when I talked a couple of weeks ago about I developed yeah. problems that were based on what we were doing. And right. If you had trouble with those, if you have trouble with this particular concept, this is the homework that you want to do. Right. Like one or two problems right, that really right, right. digs into it. And I, to me, that made perfect, perfect sense. Right. Yeah. I got a lot of pushback, not from parents from other, or from, from your kids, colleagues. from my colleagues. So why aren't you hold why aren't you holding them accountable? Right. Well, so okay. All right. So like neither you or I are saying homework is bad. I'm not saying that homework is bad. Yeah, neither of us are saying that. What we're si- I'm definitely not saying throw away homework or don't do homework at all. That's not what I'm saying. Right. We're saying there are conditions in which homework is better than other times when homework exists. Yeah, there's the, you have to have, think about why you're doing the homework. And right. let's let's talk a little bit of those. Yeah, like things that make homework. Although I still like, I have to put this, like it's Go. still any of these things that I, we're about to say, I still feel like if you're assigning it every night just for the sake of giving them something to do at home, that's not okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. And it actually does talk about that a little okay, bit. Okay, go ahead. So, Go. Which is, yeah. which is fortunate. Ooh, yeah. I was about to get yelled at. <laughs> so the first one is about designing quality tasks, uh, different, yeah. different, uh, differentiating homework tasks. Yeah, that's exactly like what you were talking about. Moving from yeah. grading to checking. Okay. Makes of course. Sense. Don't grade homework. Th- no. That's one we will say. Do, Do not, not grade, grade homework. homework. Decriminalizing the grading of homework. I'm not sure what that one means. Decriminalizing the grading. No, if you're grading homework, you should go to like school jail. <laughs> don't grade your homework although at the same time so now for our personalized learner fan base out there i want to say it could possibly be used as evidence however depending on a lot of other factors absolutely right depending on other factors yeah that's right this is like the most gray episode ever i hope we're helping i know but i think people sure. want us to come down on like homework good, homework bad, and we're not going to. Yeah, it's not a binary choice. Mm. It's really not. So using completion strategies, to get back to this, yeah, and thanks. establishing homework support programs. Okay, 
So All right, I kind of have a problem with the last well, one. Well, we'll 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 get there. <laughs> we'll get there. So first about designing stuff, they want to talk about the purpose of the homework tasks. Uh, and it says homework typically supports learning in one of four ways. Yeah. Pre learning, checking for understanding, practice, and processing. Right. Those yeah, are- and you and I have already said that we don't like the idea of pre-learning. No. I, d- right. I do not like giving homework as new learning. Right. It just, why? There's no one there for your learner to go to if they don't understand it. You know, and parents aren't always going to be there for homework, and I don't want parents necessarily helping with homework. Right. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but... No, if it's new material, no. Yeah. Just no. Check for understanding. Sure. Practice. Sure. Processing. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? Reflecting on it. I, I mm-hmm. kind of interpret that as, as reflecting. Mm-hmm. So what type of learning is desired? Facts, concepts, principles, attitudes, skills. goes on for a little bit, but there's a couple that I really want to get into here. And one of them is... We talked about differentiating tasks quite a bit. Yeah, that I think that's like that's a great first place to go. Yeah, I think like so. If you can't so. if you can't give up assigning homework or for some reason your district says you have to, I suppose that's a thing that could happen. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. So I'm then, sorry for all of you who have to do that. Likewise. Um then differentiating homework, like yeah, thinking about like this if you need this then do that, that's a great place to go. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, it, you don't have to assign the same thing to everybody. Exactly. And yeah. you already know that as a teacher, but now you can... Now you can live it. Now you can live it. <laughs> All right, now you can live it. The next one is focusing on feedback and moving from grading to checking. Use it as an assessment for learning. As you, you said before, you could use some of this as evidence. Yeah. And thinking of this as evidence, and it's not a grade at that point. Right. It's You, know, you don't even need to really grade evidence. If you have a preponderance of evidence... Right. That's what we're looking see, for. See, well, see, this is what I, yes, agreed. Uh, but this is what I think, I, I think I've said this before, that like our perspective and the paradigm we work from is very different from the perspective and the paradigm from which that book was written. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And from which most homework research comes. Yep, with yeah. a, without a doubt. This is the, you know, the old traditional grading right. system yeah. that we're trying to get away from because we know there's so many problems with it. Right. So talking about students self-assessing their homework that's, that's cool kind of, that's kind of like reflection and stuff yeah, so I'm, cool. I'm totally fine with that uh decriminalizing the grading of homework okay so if moving from grading to checking is so positive and empowering for students why would we bother to grade homework at all actually many teachers do not grade homework but <laughs> this is a great line in a comparison of 50 countries u.s teachers lead the world in the grading of homework. We're number one. We're number one. Almost seventy uh, percent of US teachers use homework to calculate student grades compared with twenty eight percent in Canada and fourteen percent in Japan. Teachers will say, if I don't grade it, they, they won't, won't do it. it. It's like you're reading the book behind me and you're not. I'm not. So even with grades, some students fail to complete homework. We know. So <laughs> Why are we fighting that battle if we're just giving out lots of zeros to kids because they didn't do their homework? And one mm-hmm. of the solutions is not to adjust the percentage that you give homework grades to. 
trying to minimize those zeros or maximize them if yeah. you really want to punish your kids. Right. It's like, no, the, the idea is give better homework yeah. that they will actually do. Right. We talk about that so often. Yeah, or, or even push it further and don't give them the homework. Ask them to help design the homework. Okay, so let's talk about that because yeah. the summing up part was, was here was most teachers were never trained in effective homework practices. Fair. I don't remember that at all. No, it was I, just yeah. showing some of the research and just kind of figure it out yourself. So this talk's really about thinking of homework in a different way. So let's yeah. let's wrap up this series by talking about some, some really good solid ways. Awesome. What do we got? Well, like I said one of the times before, is really if you're going to assign homework, assign the pieces of homework that support specific concepts or yep. skills. Yeah. And it ask tell the kids if you have trouble with this particular concept this is the problem or these are the problems that you want to work on yeah. these so attach a reason to do the particular problems nice let's call that choose your own adventure homework i like that yeah i miss those books i think we need to want to start a new like bring bring back the choose your own adventure books fair um all right i like that one okay give so me one. One I like is having learners reflect on their progress at the end of the day in relation to their goals. Okay. So, for example, if a project is due at the end of the week, how far did they get on Monday? And then deciding what they need to do for homework, if anything, in order to meet that deadline. Okay. I and like having the choice to say, I'm not doing anything tonight, and me as the teacher just having to say, okay, we'll see how that decision goes. Yep. I like that because uh, there's we talk a lot of, a lot of times about the value of reflection. Yes. And I I tried to teach this to my kids. It's like you know every action that you do has a consequence. Right. A positive or a negative. Right. And I'm okay with either one, but let's talk about it after. Yeah. To make better decisions the next exactly. time. Exactly. So even if it's a positive result, how could it be better the next time? Yeah. What could you do differently? Exactly. All right. So another one I was thinking of was not getting into the the binary thinking of I'm never giving homework or I'm always giving homework and there's no in between mm -hmm. because that's what a lot of teachers do these days. Mm -hmm. uh, they know that homework is an issue. It's a different thing. So instead of doing my one to 39 odds, I'm just not going to give any homework. Right. Because no, it, it, it does not have to be a choice between all or nothing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. So there are ways to go in the middle there. Mm. But really, whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to assign for homework, think about the, the meaning behind it, the purpose behind it, the reason behind it. Is it to satisfy you that you're thinking that I have to give the kids something because you don't? Right. Right. It's okay. It, it's not. It's, I was thinking of the days that I didn't give homework and the students were like cheering. Yeah, I was like, I'm such a nice teacher. This this day, I <laughs> so agree. They're so happy that they I didn't give them me. home for the weekend. I'm yeah. like, why would I do that necessarily? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. really reflect on your own practices. Right. I also think another idea that is nice. I talked about this the first episode. The kind of homework that my son is getting, and the kind yep. of homework that Matt Lunt used to give. Kind of um, anything that encourages them to be learners in any way. Right. So be curious, be a learner, um, and then share it if they want to. Great. I think that's a good place to leave it. Awesome. Hey, so um, Ina Call's coming up. 
Inacall. I remember what we did with them last year. Yeah, last year we uh, ran the Voices Hub, and we're doing it again this year. What? Yeah, so come by. I think it's going to be um, a little more obvious where we are and what we're doing than perhaps it was last year. And uh, so if you're going to Inacall, come by. We'll have some stations where you can do some self-reporting, or if we have time, we can sneak in a quick interview with you. And uh, we'll be interviewing all kinds of people, um, presenters, keynote speakers, which is just another kind of presenter, uh, big thinkers in the world of personalized learning. It was very exciting for us last year, and yeah. I'm totally looking forward to it again this year. Yeah. And it's in about a month, and if you're not going yet, go to inacall.org and, and go. It's in Nashville this year. I know. Amazing. And something else that's amazing is that um, you and I and another colleague of our of ours, uh, we are actually running a pre-conference session. So a full day. A full day. So you could spend a full day with Matt and Courtney and some other guy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> okay. You can follow us on Twitter, of course, at PLearnMC. Yep. And you can follow me at Eat Sleep Stats. I'm at Below Lindsay. And you can go to our Facebook page and leave us feedback. Yeah, parking lot. Find us on iTunes, rate, review, share the love. And with that, we'll end the week. Yeah, I'll talk to you